Let me tell you about Fathead. They are real big wall decals that are life-size action images that you can stick on any smooth surface. I know, I have two of them. I've got Clay Thompson and Ben Simmons. Choose from hundreds of officially licensed athletes, team logos, and entertainment images, or create your own with customizable options. They're made of durable vinyl you can move and reuse. Fathead wall graphics are better, bigger, and tougher than that old-school poster or sticker. Plus, they're designed and printed in the USA. A Fathead is wall decor that is sure to amaze. So, go to fathead.com slash NBA ringer to place your order and get 20% off site-wide. Monday Heat Check on the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm John Gonzalez. We're deep into the NBA season. We're in the second quarter, which is like when things really happen. Yeah, we we have passed one quarter mark and sure. now we are into we're another. In Q, we're in NBA Q2. There's a lot of math involved in that, but you did it for us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and we have a lot. There's like things happening. Things it, are happening. Notably in Golden State, this we're watching a Steph Curry absent Warriors team now. I feel bad for the Warriors. You do? Uh, what? Well, I felt bad for the Warriors because you don't want anybody to get hurt, right? Yeah, you don't want not. Steph Curry to yeah, get hurt. Yeah. And it's more fun when Steph Curry's on the floor. Of course, uh, I'm, I'm anti-injury. I'm anti-injury. Uh, I'm, I also feel bad. This is really the way of me saying that I felt bad for me because that injury happened on the eve of me filing last week's Warriors mm. piece. Which required quite a lot. This nobody still turned out great. Unless you're a writer, you don't care about this. But like <laughs> these things happen. Like uh, like I was watching the Eagles game last night, and there were so many different uh, turns. Yeah, and I was I felt bad for the beat writers. Sure. Uh, so like yeah, when, they started writing their gamers. Right. You're like ah, oh, God, I have to get me rewrite. So that happened last week when poor Steph Curry went down with an ankle injury. Uh, but I thought he had a, like sort of an odd reaction. Like afterwards, they were asking about it. And he said he was making a joke about not being able to play golf with his dad because they were playing in Charlotte the next night. And I'm like, dude, this is the same ankle that you had surgery on that that threatened your career. But I guess it's good that he was upbeat. A couple of things about that. Yeah. Steph is really, um, I think, like normal, which makes him weird at the media. Like Mm. he for all of his fame and celebrity and like for all the I mean, he speaks to the media every day. Like, and now everywhere he goes in the world, he's followed by like a scrum of people. Yeah. But he still, I don't think, gives good quotes because he, he this just. This is a great point. Yeah. So he just like, he says weird things and he kind of, I think it's a combination of being bad at it and also at this point not caring. And like, there's literally no reason for him to be um, like giving like the kind of canned answer of like, oh, I'll just take it day by day, see how it goes. And it's like, yeah, Steph, lo- Steph loves golf. And it's going to be fine. Like, that's, that's like number one. And number two is, don't you think um, he probably knew right away, like, if if how bad it was? Like, it, when you experience those kinds of injuries, I've heard mm-hmm. when you experience those kinds of injuries, like, you know, <laughs> you know or, you're do- or you don't. Yeah, well, he said initially, too, uh, that he felt that it was more, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said it was closer to the severe end of the spectrum and then immediately stopped and tried to walk it back and say, well, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I just, it feels like it's not great here. Um, So yeah, I think he probably did know. That's interesting though that he, you're right, he's not the world's greatest quote. That actually probably passed for one of his better quotes. Definitely. I think the best like 
public treatise we have from Steph Curry was his Players Tribune article um, from Veterans Day a few weeks ago. I, do, I don't remember that. It was he basically was about like using his platform to like make a difference and like what he wanted to do on that day was like shed a light on like the difficulty that veterans have and like reintegrating with like American society. Uh, you and- know what? I, I somehow missed this one. When, when it comes to Players <laughs> Tribune, there there are two that I'm I have sure. read and really enjoyed. One was Blake Griffin when he was apologizing for uh-huh. everything uh, profusely, but. The standard is Dion Waiters. Yeah, of course. I that mean, was like the best. all other players' Tribune stories are just push them sure, aside. Totally, just totally. give me Dion. But I just I just bring it up because like I I was like yeah the, I agreed with like that kind of like that platform and mm-hmm. I was like the acknowledgement that you have a platform and then trying to like do something with it is cool. But like other than that, he is not a good. And I like I did not use like Steph, but now I like him quite a bit. And uh, he's just a bad quote. Like he just doesn't. He's not, not a great quote. He's, great player. He's, a, he's kind of like aloof, but like in a way where he's uncomfortable. But anyway, we won't be hearing from him for a while <laughs> because he's injured. Right, he's hurt, and so the Warriors will just have to muddle through yeah. being the Warriors he's, with KD out they, there. They said he would be back. Um, Oh, they would reevaluate in two weeks, but he's still in a like a walking boot, basically. So I, I'm going to go with six weeks is my personal guess. You're, you're ballparking it at six? Yeah, which I think would be um, beginning of February, basically. This is a lot of math for this show. Sorry. I can't like you. There's quarter poles and how <laughs> many weeks he's going to be out. And like, what time does the train leave the station and arrive yeah. at the other one? Well, a lot of a lot of it depends on how they do without him, right? Like, what's the point in, in rushing him back if they're doing just fine? And they still have Kevin Durant, the NBA Finals MVP. Who turns out uh, has been really good. He's been a monster since uh, Steph went down. He had a triple-double in the very first game. Against the Hornets. Against the Hornets. And then he almost had another one against the Pistons. Uh, when, remember last year when KD went down and, and you know, it went back to, it reverted to just Steph being the main guy. They went 15-4. and four. They're going to be fine. Although it is an interesting thought experiment, like how they look with KD as the main guy, because we saw what it looked like in previous seasons. And then also last year was Steph being the main guy. And Zach Lowe went and talked to um, Warriors GM, Bob Myers about yeah. it and said, look, and on one hand, it's like kind of a silly thought experiment sure. to go like, how are the Warriors going to look? The Warriors are going to look amazing. Yeah. Uh, but even Bob Myers copped to it. He was like, yeah, of course I'm curious too. His actual quote was, I'm always curious. I was curious when Kevin went down, uh, but I've seen what our team looks like without Kevin, and now this will be new because they have Kevin and no Steph. What, yeah, what do you, I mean, like, how do you think this will look? I mean, the Hornets game um, was the most excited I've been to watch the Warriors in a long time, and it was really fun. Um, my favorite Kevin, this is really random, my favorite Kevin Durant performance ever was in February of 2014, the night before All-Star. Mm-hmm. The Thunder beat the Raptors in double overtime on the road, and it was like, and Russ was out, and it was like an incredible KD performance where he just like lifted them up and wouldn't let them lose. And I feel like he's kind of, re-engaging with that mode where he's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to push this up the hill. I don't care what happens. And it's really fun to watch. Kevin Durant is really good at basketball. This, the part that you just mentioned about, like, this is the most excited you've been to watch the Warriors is right because the Warriors have somehow made being really amazing Kind of boring. Yeah. I, yeah, we actually wrote about this on the on the ringer last year. We're like, the Warriors are boring. And um, we, we wrote about it last week. Yeah, I, wrote about, I wrote about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, you did with a different, different headline. <laughs> I just, I actually just copied and pasted the one that went last year no, and but, put my name on it. But yeah, like we, they're excellence that we just take for granted. And so it's kind of cool to see them a little different. Plus you just get used to like, well, you don't get used to it. They're still amazed by it. But like there's certain actions you just expect. And like when other teams look bad, you're like, well, this is what, pure basketball looks like and now it's like a little bit different and um it's exciting i wonder 
because the premise of the piece that I wrote uh, when I went and saw them right before Steph hurt his ankle mm-hmm. was like, they seemed kind of bored and they flat out admitted it. I mean, they were talking about all these different things that they were doing to like keep themselves engaged. And like, there was the Steve Kerr rituals with yeah. the pregame, uh, you know, like you can tweet out your injuries. I'll give you sure. time by playing with a slinky or the thing that you hated, the yes. performance art. Um, there was a fanny pack bet between JaVale McGee and Steph Curry. Right. Um, Draymond being Draymond, Clay being Clay. Like they all to a man, we're like, yeah, you know, when we're off the court, we try to goof because, you know. Try to have fun. It's the fourth year. Like, it gets a little monotonous. Um, I wonder if this will somehow, like, snap them out of it. Or if they'll just be like, oh, yeah, we're still really good. Like, maybe we're fine. Um, What were they like? Like, what was, like, their shoot-around vibe like? Do they, like, even... Goofing. Just totally goofing. Like, just the entire time. I mean, uh, so most practices uh-huh. the media isn't allowed to watch right mm-hmm. like they they let you in for like the last 10 minutes and you see them like you know taking extra three pointers or you know shooting half court shots and not doing much but so they shot around at Staples Center that morning uh, before they beat the Lakers in overtime and they had the media crowd sort of off to the side with the curtain drawn all you heard while we were standing there waiting to go in was them laughing the entire time I mean it was like I don't know what they were doing back there but they were having a damn good time right. doing it and cool yeah, I mean, it's like... Good for them. <laughs> yeah, like, they're the Warriors. They know what they have to do, and the regular season is just like, let's get through it, and we'll get whatever our our yeah. our win-loss record is, and then we'll crush everybody in the finals. Right. And it's it's interesting. Um, Kerr is, like, the opposite of Tibbs, and, like, his rotation yeah. is, yes. so, is <laughs> so big. But so as a result of no Curry, we've gotten a slightly more uh, Nick Young, and yeah. I've just been like, wow, Nick Young's a really good shooter. It's sort of like he has no business being that good of a shooter. And I'm shocked by it because, like, you really – the people at the end of their career who you think about being really good like that, like Curry, who's not at the end, but, like, um, people like Corver, people like Ray Allen, mm. like, they just are, like, crazy um, people of routine. And, like, it becomes, like, a legend of, like, how they get their shots up and how, like, they just like, find their motion. Like, it's hard to imagine Nick Young being like, okay, I'm going to take – 200 shots per day and I won't leave the gym until I'm done. No, like, honestly, no shots at him, but he's just not kind of like... That's the, not him. You, you don't think it was like a model of discipline. So many shooters you think of like for their discipline. And so it's so funny that he is a great three-point shooter. Yeah, no, and it, he's he's really you know, a good fit for that team because they have so many veterans and they have so many yeah. guys who are like pretty relaxed and it's not a Tibbs team. Like yeah. you couldn't have... Steve Kerr is the perfect coach for that team because, you know, what they've gone through... Um, you want to give them a little bit of leeway. Steve Kerr, you know, talks about it all the time that like, I can't be on them all, all the time because look what they've gone through. Look at how many games we're playing. Like you've got to give them a break. Can you imagine Tibbs coaching this kind of team? I know that it's like a totally different set of circumstances in Minnesota. Uh, and he's trying to marshal these young players and snap them out of like whatever their defensive malaise every night. But you couldn't, you could have Steve Kerr coach the Wolves. You could never have Tibbs coach the Warriors. No, never. Never. I just want to say, not that he's taking so many shots, but Nick Young is shooting 40% from three. And, you and you love Nick Young? He's, and, like, he's like the 10th man on the Warriors. Yeah. So Katie Baker wrote that piece, right? Yeah, the, she did. Yeah, go back and read Katie Baker's piece about uh, Nick Young with the Warriors. It's fantastic. Yeah. Moving on to your hottest topic of the week. Jaleel Okafor is gone from Philadelphia. I didn't want to put the Sixers in another show, but I think we have to discuss this because Jaleel Okafor has been freed. And this is also a Nets conversation. Yes. Uh, because it's interesting that one, uh, Brian Colangelo managed to pull off the trade, mm-hmm. but two, that Jaleel Okafor landed 
with the Brooklyn Nets, who have quite a few cast-offs on their roster yeah, now. Yeah, so now they have D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell and Nick Stauskas. So they Stauskas. have three former number one uh, draft, or your first round draft picks, early lottery picks on their team. Uh, that's a weird, it's a weird group. Definitely a weird group. Um, also, like, it's kind of funny that Stauskas is like even mentioned in, in this, but I just feel like he's like an internet sensation more than like actually a value, valuable basketball player, but perfect for the city of Brooklyn. Internet sensation, that's like where he should be. Yeah, you know? send him off. Like, they can have Stauskas. The jaw thing I think is interesting though, because I my whole my whole contention was that the Sixers should have just cut him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like they decided they weren't going to pick up his option. They weren't playing him. Uh, it was you know put their feet in the sand and like draw a line in the sand. Whatever. I'm mixing my metaphors here, but the whole point was that they refused to give up yeah. like and just give him away for nothing. And so instead, like it felt like Brian Colangelo going, "Look what I did." I finally moved Julio Loco for when nobody said I could. But the asking price for him last year was a first-round pick. Then the asking price for him this year was a second-round pick. So they had to hold on to him. And to get rid of him, they had to give him up and Staskas, who fine. But then they also had to throw in a second-round pick. So they didn't get one back. Like it was, I felt like this was Brian Colangelo going, I did the impossible. Yeah. See, I did it. When, when you could have just cut him and kept the pick. Sure. Like, yeah, losing a pick is pretty bad. It, I mean, process look, trusters never want to. Give I don't want to give up a pick. I, I'm like, <laughs> I like to hold on to the pick since I've been conditioned this way. Trevor Booker's fine. I know people, people are, are like, excited about it. He, there's a lot of Trevor Booker excitement. I think like this is part of the 76ers fan base, like a rational fandom where people yeah. are like, "Yay, Trevor Booker!" I'm like, "Fine, he's fine. He's going to get Amir Johnson's minutes, and the, he's fine." But is he sure. really going to like supercharge the Sixers? They've lost four in a row. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, sure. Are you worried about the Sixers having lost four in a row? There's a little bit of regression here. I'm I'm more worried about uh, Joel Embiid and his back soreness. Yeah. So what's going on there? Bad bad yesterday for Philadelphia fans. Really, I'm t- I'm, I'm sorry, man. Really tough. tough. Yeah. Like almost at the exact same time, Carson Wentz went down, and as we're uh, recording this on our basketball podcast. We don't know what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, but they think it's maybe an ACL. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting on the MRI on that. But almost at the exact same time, Keith Pompey tweeted out that Joel Embiid was out with back soreness. It was like a perfect storm of awful. Yeah. And meanwhile, Fultz is still out. He's no longer experiencing shoulder pain, though. And like all of his muscle muscle problems are apparently gone. Um, but he's not expected back before Christmas and probably not until 2018. I don't know. I, uh, I've got a lot of questions about this one. Has anybody checked on Chris Ryan? Is he still breathing? Like what's happening to him? I don't know. We probably need a future segment though for me, which is just mm-hmm. like my favorite Ben Simmons moment of the week. Cause I just am obsessed with him. I don't even care about the Sixers. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I'm like cool Sixers, but I love Ben Simmons. You really need to know your audience. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I just, he's doing a Rondo, the, the fake behind the back passes. Did you see when, when that clip? He's really good. Uh, the Sixers are he really also, good when he's out there and, he looks and like Beat is out there. I feel like he's added muscle like since the season began. Like I just feel like he's continuing to like bulk up. And, he's like, a real NBA player. He's it's, trying to he's trying to become like the LeBron body type, and I I support it. He's taller than LeBron too, isn't he? Which is why I'm I am less uh, concerned about the Fultz issue because mm-hmm. the more I've watched this team, the more I've seen like it matters. What matters is those two guys. It matters Simmons and Embiid. And if those guys are healthy, they've got a shot. And whatever they can get, if they can ever get anything out of Fultz, that's sort of um, extra and good for them. What do you think, though, before we get out of this segment, what do you think Jaleel Okafor can ultimately be? Like, because there's this— Honestly, like, it's really hard to say because I've watched him play so little. Mm -hmm. And— 
you know, he needs to like, like, this is like a really dumb thing to say. Like, he needs to like develop skills. Like, he's, <laughs> he's not like a very skilled player. And given his size and his <laughs> reputation, he like really needs to like master, becoming like a, a master of like the craft and like a really, you know what I mean? Does that make sense though? He's a large human being who's somehow a bad rebounder. He doesn't play defense. And offensively, he's a ball movement killer. Yeah. But other than that, he's, he's great. great. <laughs> uh, I want to see though, like, maybe, you know, we saw him in Philadelphia and it was a different situation and like they rightly soured on him and, and buried him at the end of the bench and decided to move on. And I, I thought that that was always the right move. What percentage chance would you give of him having some sort of renaissance in Brooklyn? Like 15, 20? I don't know. It's real. It's I, hard for me to they're imagine. They're a weird team. I am like, are they well coached or are they just a disaster? I like Kenny Atkinson. He's fine. Yeah. I think that maybe I want him to be better than he is, but like they just have a really weird collection. I think... I think that Sean Marks done a really good job for like getting um, discount deals, basically. Mm -hmm. But like, they're still not a good team. I, I don't know. I would like for them to be better than they are. Um, that draft where everybody in Philadelphia was really hopeful that the Lakers would take Jaleel Okafor and D'Angelo Russell would fall to them at three. And now those two guys are on the same team together. Like, mm -hmm. how the mighty have fallen. I know. It's so bizarre. I want Russell to come back soon. Godspeed, guys. He is fun. The East is the East is kind of weird though. Like the Raptors are now in second, which is pretty bizarre. The cat I like I just didn't expect it's not bizarre. I'm sorry, Toronto fans. Oh, Raptors fans <laughs> are gonna your mentions are gonna be blown up. <laughs> RIP my mentions. But I wasn't expecting <laughs> the Raptors to be uh in second right now. And I would just like to say I love the city of Toronto. I've I'm a great. big fan of all of you great. guys. Boy, Raptors fans, you guys are Fantastic. They just seemed like they were a, a sadness uh, team at the beginning of the season. They just it was like a little rocky, but they they pulled together. Um, and, you know, the the Cavs were one like tore a tore off fourteen mm -hmm. once in a row. Like they're they're doing great. And uh, meanwhile, I think like the, everyone's favorite topic in the league right now might be like Victor Oladipo and his renaissance in Indiana. So this brings us to a new segment uh, called "Teams We Don't Talk About Enough," and it's gonna it's gonna be Indiana. But first, let's talk about our sponsors. All right, are you going to a game? Don't be the guy who winds up parking 15 blocks from the arena. It's far. It's probably cold out. I wouldn't know about that. I live in Los Angeles. It's always 80 degrees here. But if you live on the East Coast, I've heard that it's cold. So instead, request an Uber ride anytime with the Uber app. Get dropped off right at the arena. Uber is a safe and comfortable way for you to get to where you need to be. For sporting events, you won't have to pay for parking or spend time looking for a spot. And when the game's over, maybe you had a couple beers, get picked up right out front. Wonderful. Grab a ride to your company's holiday party or a night out with friends and family. Or if you're late getting into the office, take an Uber and work from the car. I've never done that, but maybe I will. Even book your Uber in advance for a truly stress-free experience. Uber is the better way to get anywhere you have to be. You'll know the price before you book a trip, and you can pay directly in the app. Install the Uber app today from the App Store or Google Play. New riders who use my code, eh, our code, right? It's our code. NBA Show will get $5 off their first three rides. That's code NBA Show to get $5 off your first three rides. Uber, the better way to get anywhere you have to be. New users only. Offer expires February 18th, 2018. Okay, let's get back into it with our new segment, Teams We Don't Talk About Enough, a.k.a. teams that you think we hate. Why are you the way that you are? It's time. We haven't talked about Indiana once since the season began. Maybe right. we've mentioned them in passing. I would say the in the Ringer NBA Slack, the like most intense 
um, anxiety is that I derive is when Russ is playing badly and Oladipo is playing really well. And I'm, and I'm just like, great. Now I have to talk about how, uh, Oladipo set free by leaving the, leaving the Thunder. But hey, it's true. He's back in his state of Indiana and he's doing great. Yeah, the, the Pacers are uh, one of many teams that we sometimes skip over. We hear from different fan bases on Twitter uh, wondering why we don't talk about them and thinking that we hate your team. We don't hate the Indiana Pacers. We actually like the Indiana Pacers. They're surprisingly good. Seven and three over their last 10. They've won four in a row. They snapped the Cavs, 13 mm-hmm. game streak. And like you said, Victor Oladipo, like I don't th- so we just did last week our our top 25 sure. so far players uh and Victor Oladipo came in at what number 22 just ahead of Nikola Jokic, Kemba and Brad Beal was he too low? He might have been. He's he, been really good. Last night he had 47.7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals and 1 block in 45 minutes. I will say he had to play 45 minutes, but 47 points from Oladipo? Career, career high 47 points in a win over the Nuggets. He had a 20 of his game high 33 in that uh win over the Cavs, which was uh in the third quarter, which was really impressive. But so far Juliet, he's he's averaging career highs in points per game, rebounds per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, assists. Like I wonder because you mentioned like how it gives you a little anxiety to watch him play really well and Russ not play so great. Like, is every game that we watch <laughs> that Depot plays well an indictment of Russ? Kinda, yeah, yeah. But I also think I think the Thunder obviously have a culture and like system problem. Yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know we should spin a positive. Like all credit to the Pacers. Like it doesn't always have to be about the Thunder. But um, it's like. It's just fascinating. He had so much potential coming out of Indiana, and he just like, really languished both in Orlando and Oklahoma City. He was fine in Orlando. He, he was, was okay. He couldn't shoot. He was okay. He, yeah, you're right. He, he had some shooting issues. And now he's, a, he's scoring 47 He's killing points. it. Yeah, he's a, he's a legitimate, uh, you know, first uh, first option for this team. I mean, he is yeah. for this team. Like, we re- I really expect this to be Miles Turner's team this year. And, I did, too. Yeah. And I, it is not. It's Victor Oladipo's team. It's Oladipo's team. team. I think that it's interesting, too, that he's really, um, he's really finding – a rhythm, but also kind of feeling himself because after uh, the game the other night, he said he's sick and tired of comparisons to Paul George. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who? Are, are people comparing him <laughs> to Paul George? Like, did I miss something? Like, he's good. Let's not get crazy I here. I know. Uh, yeah. Like it, um, it, Victor Oladipo is like, listen, I'm me, not Paul George. What? <laughs> I know. It's like, I, I haven't heard that comparison once. No, but No. I mean, maybe it's a thing in Indiana that people are really talking about, but maybe. like, Nationally, I don't I don't get a lot of people going, you know what? Maybe he is the new Paul George. <laughs> but good no, from Victor they're Oladipo. De- they're definitely not. Um, the Pacers are fun. I wouldn't say they're like must viewing for me in the same way I find like the Bucks and the Cavs and the Celtics to be. Right. But that, you know, that like it's like that's a, a wrinkle I wasn't expecting this season. That's exciting. That's that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of these. And, and here we are in NBA Q2. I'm like very thankful for all these wrinkles. And I'm I like, love oh, the Q2 abbreviation. Se- Thanks. <laughs> I like the shorthand. <laughs> no, they're they're the Pacers. We do kind of skip over them, and there, and I think maybe you're right. Maybe that is because, like, league pass wise, they're yeah. not like appointment viewing, but they're solidly an Eastern Conference playoff picture team right now. Yeah, they're in, the f- in fifth in the in the conference. I mean, ultimately, end of season. Do you, where do you think they finish in that Bucks, Wizards, Pistons grouping? Um, Would you put them? I, like, I, I, think I think behind the Bucks, mm-hmm, ahead too. of the Wizards. Not sure about the Pistons. I, I think. I mean. With John Wall, I like the Wizards better. Yeah, of course. Um, I just think they have more talent on that team. So, you know, if the Wizards can get Wall back and healthy and, like, get moving. But 
it, the Pacers are sort of the surprise of the East for yeah. me. Them and the and the Pistons, although the Pistons, who we're going to get to, really falling on hard times. <laughs> My, maybe our fault. Unclear. Unclear. <laughs> Let's just move on to uh, real or not real. We'll come back to the Pistons shortly. We need to talk about Demarcus Cousins, the man, the myth, the legend. Boogie Down Productions. It's an all Boogie edition. This is wonderful. So Boogie has been doing a lot of things, Juliet. Yes. So uh, real or not real, all Boogie edition. Boogie got into a fight with Kevin Durant and tried to keep it going in the tunnel afterwards. That's real. We saw we saw a photo. It's real. That's uh, very real. Uh, Boogie got after it with KD and had to. It was like a hold me back situation where they had to. The security guards had to close the doors. I think it was it was an actual hold me back though. Like yeah. very often it's like a fake like hold me back, but right. like no one. They wants were to fight. they were actually holding him back. Yes, literally. And um, Justin Barrier used to cover the Pelicans. And he, he did. He was saying that the hallways in 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 uh, the Smoothie King Arena are very narrow. So mm-hmm. it is like, um, you know, tight quarters for a fight. One might, if you were into fighting, one might say it's a good <laughs> venue for a fight. However, Better I don't want Better for him. He's a large man. I don't want any suspension. So I'm glad nothing happened. Yeah, I'm also glad nothing ha- happened. Also, Smoothie King Center, Arena, whatever. Yeah. Is there a worse name of an it's, arena? It's, it's really, pretty high up sleep, there on the I worst name. I think Sleep Train was worse. Sleep Train's pretty bad. But that's gone bad. now. Now it's the golden one, isn't it? Golden Kings. One Center, yes, yeah. Yes, that's better, but still poor. Yeah. Um, Smoothie King, at least it's like weird, so you can't ever forget it. Yeah, it's that's... not a great one. Um, real or not real, Zebo uh, Zach Randolph told Boogie, where I'm from, bullies get bullied. In my hood, bullies get bullied. <laughs> also real. Real. This is, this is some real stuff that happened for Boogie this week. I love uh, Zebo in general. Me too. I really love that... Like right after Boogie Cousins tried to get into a fight with KD, Randolph was like, I'm not having any of this. Yeah. I don't buy your bullshit. Uh, like, in, like you think you're the bully? Ah, uh, I'm the bully. Yeah. I, I liked it too. Also, I just feel like Zebo's had such like a revolution in the last like five years. He's I mean, the best. Yeah. And like he's sort of like, he's now like an enforcer. He's not a bully. And, or at least that's the way that it kind of comes off. Who knows what it's like when you're actually around him. But, um, and I love it. He just is like the sort of the enforcer teddy bear of the league. And I hope he never goes away. Enforcer teddy bear component. Like Steve Kerr has talked about him because they used to play together in Portland. Uh, I talked to Bonzi Wells recently who was talking about like everybody love, like if you've played with him or interviewed him or know him, he the teddy bear component, like everybody's like he's the greatest dude, and I just love that he was like, "Yo, cut it out, Boogie Cousins." Yeah, uh, interesting week for Boogie. Last one on the real or not real. Uh, you might be sensing a trend on whether or not it is real. <laughs> Boogie did a Siskel and Ebert style review of Titanic. It was incredible. I loved it. Let's hear it. It was devastation everywhere. It was a lot of people out in the water. It was some. It was some debris floating around, and it was just this door. It was this one door. Jack being the player that he was, you know, he let the Lady Rose sit on the door so she wouldn't be in the freezing cold water. Rose, she made Jack stay in the water. So Jack froze to death, and Rose lived on to tell this beautiful movie that I'm telling you guys about. Now, do you guys know what this movie is called? 
you know, Jack being the player that he was. Incredible. That was amazing. Just incredible stuff. Like, I don't know what he's doing post NBA career, but he he could do a whole like we do the rewatchables at the ringer. I know. I, we I, and I know that because uh, Bill talks about it a lot that that uh, Boogie blocked him. Yes. They need to get him involved in the rewatchables. I, I know. Could he do a trailer for every episode of the we, rewatchables? Or we do the table reads. Like we got to get Boogie Cousins involved in this. Totally. That was that was really good. I was thinking about what other movies I would like for him to like explain. Um, I think we, I think like Interstellar would be a really good one. Anything that doesn't have a lot of logic, I would love Boogie to tackle. To tackle. I loved uh, how we got into the relationship between Jack and Rose. Maybe some rom coms. Who so knows what good. we could get into? Maybe a little um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I feel like he would have a great take on that one. <laughs> We're gonna put together a whole list, Boogie. Come at us. Okay, it's time for the heat check. Heat check. He's heating up. He's on fire. Starting with a, a heat check for us, really. It's a very meta heat check, heat check this week. I was so excited to see Abby Chin from NBC Sports Boston tweet, quote, the J team combined to force that Spurs turnover and then Jalen hit the three to make this a one point game. Tune in now. So uh, this is a win for us because she referred to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as the J team. As the J team. Can uh, we play the sound? Yeah. I love Thank that you. job. I love that job. Um, I haven't checked in with my buddies in Boston. Do we think that this has been happening independently and organically, or are we taking credit for oh, it? I, I'm 100% <laughs> taking credit. Are you joking? I spent like literally hours thinking about this one day. Like there was, there was one day where I was just like, okay, I'm going to come up with a name for them. And I landed on the J team, as mm-hmm. you know, yeah. after discarding many bad ones. And I will 100% take, take, uh, and when you told me about it, I was completely on board. One, because uh, as everybody knows, I'm a big fan of those two players. Yes, but also too. a really, truly large fan of the A-team. And like my <laughs> my Twitter avatar is literally two of the four A-team so members. Funny. So I was, I was completely on board with this. Uh, <laughs> it's but so, it's you, a win. It's a win for us. It's a win for the, the Jays. Yeah, we'll save it uh, or, or share it. Abby Chin, you're welcome to it. We should have trademarked it, though. We should have. I just want to do um, a very 10-second a Jason Tatum check-in by referencing his three-point percentage right now. Please tell me. 52.3% from three. Killing it. He, It's insane. I, I think he's like, might be the, he's not the rookie of the year, but he might be the heat check rookie of the year. We both really like him. I really do like him, yes. We, I pre, he probably is the rookie we've talked about the most on this program as well. Uh, another heat check here. So we mentioned the Pistons earlier. They had been playing really well. Yes. Uh, and then all of a sudden they started playing not as well as Reddit had noted. Recent Reddit headlines said, Pistons haven't won a game since the Ringer's article. It's time to take Andre Drummond and the Pistons seriously by one Danny Chow. Uh, Danny Chow has apparently jinx powers. Yeah. They've now lost six in a row. And... Um, <laughs> I'm really, I love it. I'm happy that we could be contributing to NBA narratives in any way. This is the worst. Uh, as any writer would know, like you, you write these things and you try to time these pieces and you hope that as you write them, that like what you wrote about stays relevant. And sometimes it goes the complete opposite way. Like last year, I wrote a Lakers piece mm-hmm. uh, about how young and ex- exciting they were. Sure. And they proceeded to lose like 47 games in a row and mm-hmm. they tanked at the end and it was an absolute disaster. We skipped over them beating this, the Sixers, by the way, which was a really fun game. Yes, they did. With yeah. a Brandon Ingram game winner. Yeah. An- another. I also, and I was like, the Sixers are going gonna to torch them. Another blow to Philadelphia fandom over the Oof. weekend. Tough one. Tough one. I, li- I enjoyed that. All right. We've got two more. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas' mom. Yes. So original Isaiah Thomas, not new Cavs Isaiah Thomas. Zeke. Like, Piston's Isaiah Thomas. He goes by Zeke, doesn't he? I 
guess. I don't know. He went, I don't know. Achille, Achilles Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Not uh, hip Isaiah Thomas. So he was on Fox Sports, uh, one of their many talking head panel shows. Really letting loose. And talking about his mom coming to games. Because the reason why they were discussing it was LeVar Ball. And he was like, you know, it could have been worse. This has been going on forever. My mom used to come uh, to games and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Your mom would show up at games eating non-stadium food, non-stadium which sometimes food. they frown upon, yes. uh, with a gun, with packing, packing, yeah, they, packing. They, yeah. And sometimes she would drink a little alcohol. A lot of alcohol. And then she would... <laughs> His mom brought a gun. A gun. And just got hammered. That sounds um, unwise. I don't know, kind of, like, I kind of want, I don't know if his mom is still alive, but I kind of want to hang out with her. Sure. Like, um, unwise I, maybe, but fun maybe. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> and we can talk about it on a future heat check if you track her down. Listen, Isaiah's mom, if you are out there and alive, you have an open invitation. <laughs> Your gun, the chicken, and the booze, bring it all to heat check. You are welcome. Um, lastly. Last one. Let's talk about Zaza Pachulia's hair dryer. So there's a fun story in the New York Times about uh, Eric Housen or Houston the director of team operations for the Warriors and all the different things that he does for the Warriors. But buried in there was a note that, um, because this guy, like, he knows that certain players like certain things to eat or, like, they like certain, uh, you know, like, extra pair of socks or new pair of shoes for games or whatever. One of the things he said, though, was that Zaza Pachulia is the only guy he's had in over 20 years Mm -hmm. who blow dries his hair. Incredible. How is that possible? I don't believe that. First of all, I mean, maybe it's true. Why would he make that up? But like, also, what what is Zaza doing that's so special? Like, I, I look at him not like, oh, what a wonderfully quaffed mane you have. <laughs> I, I would like to out myself as a blow dryer user. Great. Like, I I like to blow dry my hair. Sure. Uh, put a little product in it. Of like, course. You're telling me that nobody, like, look at all the, like, soccer players. Um, oh, yeah. All those guys, like, are they do their hair up. Ronaldo's like, got to have, like, five blow dryers How at all long times. does it take him to do his hair before a game, let alone yeah. after? We're talking about after a game. Zaza's the only one who blow dries his hair in 20 years for the Warriors? We also, we just need to hear Gordon Hayward weigh in on this. He's a clear, obvious blow dryer. And I would just would love to know his take on like the pre and post game hair situation. I need to know about, right. Yes. Like the grooming techniques, like how he's doing that whole bit. He's got the time now to tell us. Absolutely. Gordo, get at us. Okay. Looking ahead tonight, we have Pelicans at Rockets. James Harden's amazing. Like he's just Mm -hmm. so good. I put him number one in my rankings in the top 25 ahead of LeBron. Yeah, I did too. Um, I had him number he's one. Clearly, the MVP, as we talked about last week. I, I, Just this, for this season, we're talking about. It. I'm not yeah. saying like you know, obviously LeBron's still best player in the world, but yeah, I'm excited to see that game too because now you've got Anthony Davis yeah, back AD's and Boogie, back. and it's an interesting style matchup. Uh, Blazers at Warriors. Warriors again, just KD led. That's fun. Uh, that's always a good matchup for them. The Blazers, I think, play. I, I, you know, I think they play up and down depending on who they're playing. Uh, and I, I think that'll be a fun one. Tomorrow we got Lakers at Knicks. Yes, Lakers at Knicks. Uh, Lakers after losing five in a row have now won back-to-back games, and I've got a big Lakers piece coming out on the ringer, so that'll be interesting to see uh, how they play against the Knicks. Yeah. Knicks kind of a little... little That's like, running before the game, which I'm happy about because the Lakers, I know, will have been in New York for two or three nights, so who knows? <laughs> who knows how that's going to go for them? New York nightlife. And then potentially tomorrow we get Kawhi back with the Spurs at the Mavs. Yes, targeting tomorrow uh, at the Mavs for his return. I need Kawhi in my life. Mm. Me like, too. I, look, that guy. I know that LaMarcus Aldridge is playing better mm-hmm. uh, and, and Shea Serrano is very pleased about that. Uh, I'm not buying LaMarcus Aldridge leading the Spurs anywhere. They need Kawhi. Yeah, I And agree. it's more fun when he's out there. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, and on Friday, we got the Jazz at Celtics for a great uh, rookie matchup. Donovan Mitchell versus Jason Tatum. 
Is Donovan Mitchell better than Rick Rubio already? I call Rick? him Rick. Rick yeah, Rubio? I call him Rick. I dropped the Y because okay. I thought that he was like Rick. Yeah, well, I thought that he was Sorry, like, ready to grow up. I thought that he was, and I was super excited about him. He's he's one of my favorite players ever. I really like good passers. And he went to Utah, and he had a really hot start to the mm-hmm. season, and has since been garbage. Ricky yeah. Rubio, what are you doing? He might be garbage. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell certainly more valuable. Killer. He's yeah. killing it. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, he's probably like top three rookie now. Is he uh, the rookie that we don't talk about enough that we should? Yes, because he gets over like maybe part of that is the jazz component. But yeah, like, I think the also the internet talks about him a lot though, so I don't. I feel like he's getting plenty of of attention. We spend so much time talking about Ben Simmons yeah. and um, Jason Tatum, and for a lesser for other reasons, uh, Markel Fultz. Well, we haven't talked much about. Don, I would say Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell took the Dennis Smith Jr. airspace. Like, uh, I, I, yes, like he's kind of like been pushed to the back burner, and now it's like O'Donovan oh, Mitchell is like is the best small guard from that. Right, from like that super group. athletic, yeah. like really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to call him Don too. Don, by the way, okay, Don and Rick. Great, <laughs> Don and Rick take on the Celtics on Friday. <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> uh, this has been the Heat Check uh, on the Rager NBA Show. I'm Juliette Lippman. I'm John Gonzalez. We got pods for you all week long, so if you haven't subscribed to the Ringer NBA Show, please do. We'll be back next Monday. Anything is possible. If you are out there and alive, you have an open invitation. <laughs> Your gun, the chicken, and the booze. Bring in all the heat check. You are welcome. <laughs>